Psalm 109, verse 22 through 31, these are God's words. For I am poor and needy, and my heart is wounded within me. I am gone like a shadow when it lengthens. I am shaken off like a locust. My knees are weak through fasting, and my flesh is feeble from lack of fatness. I also have become a reproach to them. When they look at me, they shake their heads. Help me, O Yahweh, my God. O save me according to your mercy, that they may know that this is your hand, that you, Yahweh, have done it. Let them curse, but you bless. When they arise, let them be ashamed, but let your servant rejoice. Let my accusers be clothed with shame. Let them cover themselves with their own disgraces with a mantle. I will greatly praise Yahweh with my mouth. Yes, I will praise him among the multitude. For he shall stand at the right hand of the poor to save him from those who condemn him. Amen. Thus ends this reading of God's inspired and inerrant word. Uh, it is in this last third or so of the psalm uh, in which the psalmist starts giving his reasons. Uh, and he teaches us how to plead with our God of almighty power, but also our God of um, unmerited grace, uh, and especially our God of compassion. Uh, we're going to take verse 21 into account when we get to verses 26 through 29, um, because the way the particular Psalter that our Sidid has uh uh, divides up the psalm. Verse 21 is uh, kind of oddly attached back to verse 20. Uh, but we see uh, the sorts of arguments to make with God in prayer. Uh, two primarily. Strong argument. Uh, one strong argument with God is our neediness, uh, our helplessness, verses 22 through 25. Another is a strong argument found uh, not in us, uh, but in God himself, in his character, verses 26 to 29. Uh, and then, uh, in verse 30 and 31, we have not a strong argument with God, but a strong argument with the psalmist's own soul. Uh, and this is something that we need to do by scripture, we're taught to do by many scriptures, is to over, uh, overcome wrong thoughts uh, by God's word. So first, strong arguments to make with God. Uh, when you reason with somebody uh, who is not God, when you reason with a man, um, uh, ordinarily you argue on behalf of your greatness and your ability to repay them uh, or your worthiness. Uh, there's none of that here. Uh, he, he is arguing for I am poor and needy, and my heart is wounded within me. Uh, what a gracious and compassionate God. How tender-hearted he is to us, uh, that these are the strong arguments for us to use with him. Not that God is affected uh, by anything. Uh, he doesn't have emotions like we do, where we are affected by things. But he instead affects everything else. And so there is a proper relation 
a proper motion of God uh, towards them in which he acts upon them. None can really um, affect God at all. Uh, but uh, in his motions, especially uh, toward the elect, uh, you have this electing everlasting love uh, where he has known us in the Son from before the world began. And if he knows us in the Son, then he knows us in the one who is his beloved, eternally beloved, uh, and um, the one in whom he takes eternal pleasure. And so his foreknowing us in Jesus is, of course, to forelove us in Jesus uh, or to elect us in his love. Uh, and so with the compassion that he has towards us, not just as creatures, um, but as his uh, his elect, and then uh, when we have come to faith uh, as those who are in union with his Son, uh, if it were possible, that would increase um, his love. It certainly increases uh, in us uh, a loveliness, uh, lovability, perhaps. Uh, to use a more modern word, we use the word loveliness to mean something else now before him. Uh, but the psalm presents uh, to us a God who cares that we are poor. He cares that we are needy. He cares that our hearts are wounded. Not not only does he care, these are the arguments you make with him in prayer because of how sure his response is to be to us. Uh, and so uh, David continues, gone like a shadow when it lengthens is... Um, a phrase that implies nearing death. Uh, we saw that back in uh, Psalm 102, verse 11. He used the same thing. I'm shaken off like a locust, perhaps even a um, a, a dead locust, uh, just a husk that easily shakes off. Uh, and one of the reasons why uh, he is uh, he is so weak and feeble now is because he has continued trusting in God, hoping not in his strength, uh, not not in himself as his strength, but in God as his strength. So he has fasted and prayed. Uh, and fasting and praying uh, didn't make him stronger, it made him weaker. Uh, he says, my flesh is feeble from lack of fatness. And so here David is becoming weaker and weaker. Uh, and... What do his enemies think, who have been accusing him, who have had these plots against him, who have had no compassion on him, and they see him getting weaker. They laugh at him. They, he is a reproach to them. Uh, when they look at him, they shake their heads. Um, they are despising him. But that which the world despises, that weakness which the world despises, the Lord has compassion upon. Uh, and so when we feel overwhelmed, when we feel that we don't have uh, the external uh, resources, we are poor, or we ourselves are not able, we are needy, uh, when our hearts are wounded within us, we have a God with whom those are, those are strong arguments to bring to him in prayer. But they're not the strongest arguments to bring to him in prayer. Uh, yes, he is compassionate and good, and we're appealing to that uh, when we bring those arguments. But the stronger arguments are in God himself. And in verses 26 through 29, we have 
an expansion uh, of what what he had begun appealing uh, to in verse 21. In verse 21, he said, But you, Yahweh, the Lord, he uses a covenant name. He's appealing to that covenant bond between himself and the Lord. Deal with me for your name's sake. Also, covenant bond, because the Lord has put his name upon David, uh, but now also appealing to the praise of God and the honor of God. Uh, for if the one with whom God has covenanted um, is in trouble and uh, and the Lord delivers him, then honor comes to the Lord whose name is uh, is put upon him. Because your mercy, your steadfast love, your covenant love is good, deliver me. And so his his covenant love and, and his goodness. And those uh, those three things come out in a little bit of a different order. The first one is the same, verse 26. Help me, O Yahweh, my God. Uh, and that Yahweh, my God, uh, is an abbreviation of the great covenant promise. I will be your God and you will be my people. He's appealing to covenant bond with God. And you too. You come to him in faith, and you've had the the sign and seal of the covenant applied to you in baptism, uh, and you're a member of his church, and you uh, are not just a member of his visible church, but trusting in Jesus, you know that you are bound to God by the blood of Christ, and that you're actually a member of that great congregation in glory, uh, of which Ours is a visible and imperfect satellite. Uh, ours on earth is a visible and imperfect satellite. Uh, and so you come and you lay hold of God by his covenant, by his promise, by the bond that he has made and signified to you and sealed upon you and confirmed at the supper. Every time you take the cup, you remember and you trust in Christ that uh, you are a participant in the new covenant that is in his blood. And so you come and you just, when you say, Oh, Yahweh, my God, or, Lord, my God, my Lord, my Savior, uh, you come and you say those things, not just in the ordinary use of a possessive pronoun, uh, but trusting that God is faithful uh, to those connections that he has made. So you plead his covenant. Uh, and you plead his mercy. Oh, save me according to your mercy. Uh, again, uh, we sing and pray dreadful things, uh, things that we deserve that are the opposite of what you have by fearing the Lord, by trusting in Christ, um, which is the only way properly to fear the Lord and to come into the fear of the Lord. We sing and pray dreadful things <coughs> that are the opposite of that. Um, in the bulk of this psalm. And so we don't come to God saying, but save me, for I am so different than they are. Uh, we come to God saying, save me according to your mercy. Even whatever differences are in us are from that mercy. Uh, and so sometimes you see pleadings like that, but uh, they're still pleadings of his mercy, that they may know that this is your hand. So this is, now we are on to, God acting for his own praise, that you, Yahweh, have done it. Let them curse, but you bless. And so he says, Lord, 
Let it be a competition. They are cursing me. But I know by your steadfast love, by your covenant bond with me, that you have committed yourself to bless me uh, for the sake of your promise, for the sake of the sacrifice that you have provided, which, of course, we know now the sacrifice is Christ. Uh, And so I know you are committed to blessing, and since they are cursing, let the battle go on. Grant that you would win. When they arise, let them be ashamed. They lose the cursing versus blessing battle. But let your servant rejoice. So the Lord wins the battle to bless. Uh, and the fact that David comes out rejoicing uh, results in verse 29. Let my accusers be clothed with shame. Let them cover themselves with their own disgrace as with a mantle. Uh, and so you have God's power and his his sovereignty and blessing that that must uh, prevail. The Lord is more determined to bless you than you are desirous to be blessed. Our desires are imperfect, but what the Lord has willed to do, what the Lord has determined to do, what the Lord has promised to do, what the Lord gave his son to do, what the Lord has poured out his spirit to do, must prevail, must prevail. And so we have in verse 26 through 29, strong arguments in God, his covenant, his love, his honor, his power. And so you have the strong argument uh, in the weak saint, uh, in verses 23 to 25, you have strong arguments in the Almighty God, verses 26 to 29, and these uh, turn to be a strong argument for us with our own soul. Very similar to uh, Psalm 42, verse 5, 42, verse 11, 43, verse 5, and that refrain uh, in those couple of psalms together. Uh, Why are you cast down, my soul? Why are you so disquieted within me? Hope now in God. I will praise him still, for he is the help of my countenance and my God. Uh, And here he reasons because he is going to praise God among the multitude. That God's determination to bless is what is is going to uh, uh, find its fulfillment Uh, in the outcome of all of history, when there is this innumerable multitude that has been redeemed from the guilt of their sin, delivered from the presence of their sin, uh, delivered from all sorrow and suffering, and all enemies, including the last enemy, death, have been put away, and what remains? An innumerable multitude praising God, and David knows he's going to be there one day. Uh, And so the very things that he's been praying In verses 26 to 29, he now takes them all together and the outcome that they guarantee, and he addresses himself, I will greatly praise Yahweh with my mouth. Yes, I will praise him among the multitude. For not only will the Lord deliver David, he's going to deliver every one of his saints who find themselves helpless, who find themselves without resource who find themselves under accusation and attack and condemnation. Verse 31, For he shall stand at the right hand of the poor to save him 
from those who condemn him. <clears throat> so we have a strong argument to use with our own heart in such times. And we need to argue with our own hearts. Because in addition to praying to God and making the arguments that Scripture teaches us to, to plead in our prayers to God, we don't want to be uh, inappropriately uh, discouraged and dismayed. And so we come and we reason with our own hearts that we are going to praise God then. And so we are determined to praise God now. And note, he said, I will greatly praise Yahweh with my mouth. May the Lord give you to learn and be exercised in this reasoning with from your own condition that provokes his compassion and reasoning from his character and then reasoning with yourself that what you really ought to be doing right now is praising him because that's what you're going to be doing forever. That's what you're created to do. That's what you're redeemed to do. And that's what we ultimately shall do forever. Amen. Let's pray. Father, please help us to remember this when it comes time. And we are in a great discouragement and we feel helpless. And so I pray that you would give us by your spirit to meditate upon the greatness of your compassion and the certainty of your blessing and your love according to your covenant and your faithfulness to it. Give us to meditate on those things, Lord, so that our minds, our hearts will digest it and it'll be ready to hand for crying out to you when the evil day comes. And we pray, Lord, that you would also you know, grant to us to take it into our hearts and our minds so that we will be readily equipped to reason with ourselves. Grant it, Lord, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.